Wrestling with Theology is a weekly Bible study that seeks to equip you to wrestle with the theologies that surround us in our everyday life. Through these studies, your faith in Christ will be strengthened through the Scriptures and the Lutheran Confessions. Join Pastor Minton for these next few minutes as he helps you get ready to wrestle with theology. right it's time once again for another wrestling with theology podcast episode we are on episode 89 and today we are talking pro wrestling america the first card after all the tournaments where now things start to shake out and storylines can start to unfold so at the beginning of each month i've got a list of wrestlers that i'm interested in bringing in some that may go out and going to look to see if they are willing to sign with the PWA. And this month we had two come in and one leave. So we have signing with the PWA, Austin Idol, and Flex Cavana. I'll get back to both of those in a minute. But leaving, we do have Sanjay Dutt not liking the tag team angle or not liking just being in the PWA. I could go either way with it. It doesn't really matter. I'm not a big Sanjay Dutt fan. Just kind of one of those that he was originally just a random pick after that. So, we get to the new signings. Austin Idol. Great wrestler. Loved having him in Memphis, in Knoxville for Continental Championship Wrestling. Just a wonderful wrestler to have. One of them that had been already taken by another person in Facebook Championship Wrestling, but since that's all disseminated and disintegrated, I'm taking him up. Flex Cavana, one of those you probably would not think of because he was another Memphis guy, but it was just because he was just getting his feet wet coming into Memphis as a rookie. Uh, Flex Cavana would be the original gimmick of Dwayne Johnson, who would go on to megastardom as The Rock. I'm keeping him as Flex Cavana simply because I like the way he was trying to keep from following either in his father's or his grandfather's stereotype. Because when you are the son of Soul Man Rocky Johnson and the grandson of Great Chief Peter Maivia, People want to pigeonhole you in one direction. Flex Cavana came into Memphis as kind of this bodybuilding guy, sort of the African-American version of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And so I decided to keep that gimmick uh, with Dwayne Johnson, bringing him in and putting him into the television title hunt and Austin Idol into the world title hunt, which is where we show up in the card today. So today's card comes to us from Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. 
home of the Detroit Red Wings. We have we have eight matches on the card. I had to go back and look at them real quick. Topping off with that promised rematch of the World Heavyweight Title Tournament Final between Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. So we start off with Flex Cavana coming in, taking Sanjay Dutt's place on the roster, and immediately going after Colorado Kid Micropata, Dutt's tag team partner. And yeah, Cavana has a great showing against Rapata, showing that, yes, even early on, Johnson had the idea of that he could become a major star and definitely outshine a mediocre former world heavyweight champion like Mike Rapata. And Flex Cavana gets the win in 6 minutes 4 seconds. Then we move on to Buzz Sawyer versus Rick Titan. One of those matches where you just have two rough and tumble guys that just love to beat up on each other. Or beat up on anybody else, for that matter. Uh, but Buzz kind of dominates this match as he gets the pinfall over Titan in 2 minutes 48 seconds. Move on to one of, the, one of my favorite matches on the card. Mance Warner versus Iron Mike Sharp. Two guys that Warner is up and coming, still only in his third or fourth year as a wrestler, I believe. Iron Mike Sharp was one of those guys who just got pigeonholed into a spot because nobody knew what to do with him, especially Vince. He stayed. Sharp stayed on with Vince for many, many years just as a journeyman, low mid-card jobber, or enhancement talent, whatever uh, verbiage you want to use. But he was a good wrestler. He was actually enjoyable to watch, especially in his early days in Memphis in the early 80s when he was the Mid-American Heavyweight Champion. One of those titles that nobody hears about anymore because nobody really knew exactly who controlled it. It was part of the Gulas Welch territory days that did Nick Gulas still own it over in Nashville? Did Jerry Jarrett own it in Memphis? Nobody really knew. But anyway, this match lasts an entire 37 seconds. So how can, how can a match that lasts only 37 seconds and has taken longer to describe the match than it actually took be my favorite on the card? Simply because of who these two guys are. Iron Mike Sharp tries to win the match right after the belt with the loaded armband, not even bothering with any wrestling moves, just wanting to hit Warner over the head with the loaded armband and get the pinfall, get out. Well, Warner kicked out before the referee even got down to make the count. He threw Sharp out of the ring, and Sharp just kept walking away. Warner, being the hot-headed wrestler from Bucksnort, Tennessee, much like Dirty White Boy Tony Anthony, Followed him right out. Followed him all the way back to the dressing room. You know, the referee counted both men out. Very quick match, but definitely potential there for some working together and having some really good matches. Then we move to the brawl of the evening. 
Shane Douglas versus Rugged Rod Price. 15 minute time limit, so it can't get too in-depth. Both of them brawl inside and outside the ring, but Douglas picks up a submission victory over Rod Price with a sleeper at 643. Now we move into the top half of the card where we have some seriously good matches. And especially because there are so many ways that these different pairings could go. So we have the television title match, which will be, the television title will be defended on every card. Iceman King Parsons defending the title against Atsushi Onita. This match really takes a good shape as Onita with his martial arts style, Parsons with his just kind of southern midwestern flair of brawling really mesh together for this 15 minute time limit match. But the extreme horsemen come down to the ring to distract Parsons. So Brickhouse Brown comes down to even the odds. And while the referee is distracted by Onita and Akbar, the horsemen drag Parsons out of the ring and run him into the ring post after already having dispatched a Brickhouse Brown into the ring steps. The horsemen left the ring, or left the ringside area, and the referee counted Parsons out. Onita gets the victory in 9 minutes 30 seconds, but Parsons keeps the title. This comes back in a minute when we talk about the first of the two main events on the card. Then we go to Austin Idol making his PWA debut against the one guy many people could consider to be the bottom tier of the world heavyweight contenders, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Austin Idol makes his mark on the world heavyweight title picture by making Daniels submit to the Las Vegas leg lock in 19 minutes and 30 seconds. Idol would come in, grabbing the microphone at the beginning of the match, saying that he wanted to be the number one contender for whoever won the World Heavyweight title at the end of the night. So, and Daniels, of course, took offense to this and tried to show Idol that he did not even belong in the World Heavyweight title picture, but Daniels fails in that quest. Idol picks up the victory by submission. Then we get to where the television title match comes to uh, an issue where the first of the main events for the card, the American Tag Team titles, the Extreme Horsemen defending the titles against Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse Brown. This match was actually requested by the Extreme Horsemen at the beginning of the card because of the inappropriate way Parsons and Brown had defeated the champions in a non-title match the previous Sunday at a house show in Lansing, Michigan. You can find the house shows on the blog wrestlingwiththeology.org. Just simply go to the wrestling tab, Pro Wrestling America, you can find all the house show cards there. So the Horsemen take advantage early on of the injuries that they had inflicted two matches earlier by ramming Brickhouse Brown into the ring steps, injuring his shoulder, and Iceman busting his head open, 
with the ring post. Axel picks up the pinfall victory over Brickhouse Brown in 5 minutes 32 seconds. It was a quick match simply because of the damage already having been done and the Extreme Horseman being able to pick up and really focus on the injuries they had already made that night. So I can see this going a little while between these two tag teams. So then we get to the second main event of the night. The promised rematch for the World Heavyweight title. Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk. And as it seems with these two from decades and decades ago, where we just can't get a clean match with these guys. Funk and Lawler brawl for over 35 minutes before Funk finally just gets fed up with it. He grabs the branding iron while Lawler is down, uh, light, lights it on fire, and blows the fire into Lawler's face, giving Lawler a disqualification victory. No champion is crowned in the match. A new rematch between the two is announced for two weeks from today at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio. That match will be no time limit, no disqualification. There must be a winner. Because nobody wants to have a vacant world heavyweight title. I remember this from back when World Championship Wrestling withdrew from the NWA. That was the first time in the 50-year history of the National Wrestling Alliance that the World heavyweight title was vacant, that the board of directors did not have a champion in place because of Flair leaving with the title. Sometimes it's good to have the vacancy at the top, just to shake things up a little bit. And I hope you've enjoyed having it shaken up a little bit. We'll see what happens two weeks from now when Lawler and Funk get together again. But until then, this is Pastor Doug Minton, wishing you God's richest blessings as we get ready for next week for the confessional corner, getting into the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, and... <clears throat> oh wait, no. Next week is the... Next week is digging deeper, going into the tabernacle further. So, you know, definitely a good episode and study coming up for that. So I encourage you to be back for that. And... Wishing you God's richest blessings as you wrestle with theology this week. Um. Thank you for listening. If you have questions or comments about what you have heard on Wrestling With Theology, send an email to wrestlingwiththeology at gmail.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, make sure you have subscribed so it will show up automatically on your podcast app. Please also share the podcast so that more may be equipped to wrestle with theology.